into the contest. It's Thursday, the 30th of June. Welcome to Afternoon Sport, the last day of the financial years, by the way. Shane Lee, how are you? I'm very well, Timothy. How are you? Good. Well, we're in the middle of school holidays, and it's amazing what sort of rushes back in your mind uh, for school holidays. You know, everyone felt a, an air of relief and relaxation, going to the movies. Well, <laughs> one of the things that stands out to me, I think I was in year nine, and we went to a mm. party. And I've had my very first kiss. I was a bit of a late starter. Ooh. Yeah, I know it's interesting, isn't it? Um, and anyway, I thought it, I thought it was love. I thought I thought this was forever. Anyway, so I've given the, the young lady in question a, a call, uh, but I, I just happened to call four or five times when I couldn't get onto it. Oh, stalker. yeah! And by the time I made the fifth call, she'd put her father on, who was a local butcher, and he said, "You call again." Uh, I quickly realised that it was a little bit more complex than that, Shane. Well, I do remember my first girlfriend, her, her old man was a cop, and the first time I met him, he showed me his gun, he said, if you ever do anything wrong, don't make me use this, and uh, I was a pretty good boy after that. <laughs> oh, they, they were tough old years. All right, uh, now this test match in Sri Lanka, Australia, in a good position, not commanding, I wouldn't think, but Steve Smith, that run out, he wasn't happy with it, was he? All the happenings in Wimbledon on today's program, and Matt Lodge, that's an interesting story. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. All right, let's start in Sri Lanka. And uh, Steve Smith, he's absolutely furious about that run-out mix-up with uh, Usman Khawaja. Australia sort of uh, skittled Sri Lanka fairly cheaply and three for 98 in reply. So they're in a more powerful position than they, um, you know, uh, than the Sri Lankan team, but they're not in a commanding position. He's not happy. No, he's not happy. He got run out. Uh, but look, Sri Lanka all out for 212. Dick Weller, uh, the high score scorer for Sri Lanka, I like saying that word, <laughs> uh, 58. Uh, Lyon, the best of our bowls once again, five for 90 off 25 overs. Mitchell Swepson um, has performed really well. He's the second spinner. He took three for 55 off 13. But yeah, Kawaja's on 47 not out. Steve Smith run out for only six and Head not out six. So the game is in the balance. We need this partnership to really work. But once again, Usman Kawaja really performing well, 47 not out and... Uh, continuing this form due to getting a run when it was um, due to COVID and he's made the most of it. Awful economic situation in Sri Lanka at the moment and uh, there are some people who raise eyebrows as to say why are we playing cricket? Of course, Pat Cummins put that shot up on his Instagram with the restaurant in the mm. dark and look, my take on this situation is, and you know, and people point out the fact that the Australian cricket team go on the bus and there's a security team around them as those, um, you know, tuk-tuk drivers and many of the locals are waiting hours and hours to get fuel, which is, which is an awful situation but where cricket's played around the world, lots of places in India, um, the poverty cycle is everywhere to see, isn't it? So I think that mm. cricket 
the game of cricket is, is such a lift for local people, regardless of what they're going through. I think it's important that they continue to play. 100%, Tim. It does bring uh, an absolute energy and um, and a real pride too that the, the people of these countries, um, that the cricketers go there and play there and perform there. It gives them entertainment. So, look, they're going through the worst crisis, financial crisis since 1948 in Sri Lanka. And you're seeing 10-hour blackouts in the capital in Colombo. And as you mentioned, um, fuel queues for tuk-tuks are a kilometres long. They just can't get petrol. And there's a horrible story just the other day where a young girl died because the parents didn't have petrol to get her to the hospital. So it's, it's, a real, um, it's a real crisis over the moment. And uh, the creators are doing their bit to try and lift the spirits. Yeah, because it is, it is a form of religion in many parts mm. of the subcontinent, isn't it? You've yep. been there lots playing cricket. I have made it. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful place to play. It is. Um, it's all encompassing, and it can be smothering at times, but it is pure passion. And and the cricketers are revered and um, and really appreciated for what they do. Yeah, Usman Khawaja. Just by the way, uh, he ran Steve Smith out, which he wasn't happy, but he signed a <laughs> a new deal with the Brisbane Heat for four years, which he will be happy about. And let's have a look at Wimbledon, and uh, let's start with Nick Kyrgios because uh, he, he is continuing all the time to have stories on and off the court. So many unsavoury stories, this admitting to spinning in the direction of one of the fans that was yelling and then we've had commentators have a crack at him. Yeah, uh, Catherine Whitaker, uh, she made a really good point, the tennis presenter. She was sort of saying that she could understand that Nick um, Kyrgios is really, um, it's confusing his online life with his actual life and he's saying, you know, defending the, the fact that he gets abused online all the time and these people and she says that that's horrible no one should go through that but she said taking that out to the court and actually then trying to bully the the referees um uh, the ball boys the crowd etc just doesn't make sense he needs to separate his social social existence to his normal existence and i, I see her point but look I, I just don't think you're ever going to get a straight answer out of out of nick <laughs> he's always going to do what nick wants to do that's just him and he is an easy target yeah, well, he's going to be punished by the All England club here. They haven't come out and said exactly what's going to happen. He won't be kicked out of the tournament, but uh, he'll cop a substantial fine in around mm. that, I think, $30,000, which probably isn't too much money for him. But uh, something's going to happen after particularly that spitting incident. Uh, look, on a lighter note, what about that little girl who was dancing, Serena Williams, uh, out of the tournament? And this was a, a quite an upset. And, and a little girl in, in the box of the... Uh, of the underdog just dancing and singing. It was it was good to watch. Absolutely beautiful, wasn't it? Um, Harmony Tan knocked out Serena. And this little girl, they're, they're not sure whether she's related or not, but she was in Harmony Tan's box. Mm. And um, she absolutely stole the show. Every time that Harmony won a point, she was up dancing, clapping, celebrating, smiling, and just sent the social media world into to meltdown, um, just saying, I wish I had a little girl in my corner that would cheer me like this. And it was uh, it was beautiful to watch. Yeah, it really was. Emma Raducanu out of Wimbledon as well, and in a huge mm. upset, of course, the US Open winner. Uh, looking at the uh, the world game and the Matildas, another underwhelming performance, really. Yeah, one all against Portugal. Uh, that's off the back of the 7-0 drumming by Spain. Um, Portugal scored late to, to make it a one-all draw. Um, Gustafsson standing by saying that the young players will benefit from these two matches. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I, I think young players benefit from winning <laughs> and putting a good a feeling and spirit within within the team, getting a 7-0 drumming. Look, they performed better against Portugal, but it shows that we are still a little way off if we want to really um, uh, ch- challenge for this World Cup. You can't put a price on it, can you, Shane, in sport on 
momentum that comes from no. victory, from winning. Um, it, it just that that's why when we look at state of origin, New South Wales are in a particularly good position. Although this uh, decider is being played at Suncorp Stadium because they've had such a big win. It's just your focus changes from looking internally at yourself to looking externally to what's in front of you, and you're playing you're playing the opposition then in the, in the ball. Um, yeah, when you lose, I, I use the saying quite a lot in this show. No, uh, winners have parties, losers have meetings, and and it's so true. When when you just take the pressure off, um, and, and winning takes care of itself, it's it's amazing how it works. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, we've got all the latest footy, including this oh, this fine $1,000 for ripping off a headband. Shane, what about this story with, uh, with Richmond star Jack Revold? He was left stunned at uh, the news that James Sicily had been fined that $1,000 for taking off Aaron Norton's headband, it does seem a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, come on, like they're, muck, like they're, they're getting a little, little bit of argy bargy in the and he just takes off his headband. Like it's, it's not as if he's ripped his shirt or he's, I don't even know. It's a thousand dollars, and uh, um, James Sisley is actually going to is challenging this um, by a written submission. Um, I know it's only a thousand dollars, but I think it's a principle here that uh, yeah, I think they've gone too far. It's, it's, come on, they're, they're boys playing footy. They're gonna. They're going to do stuff to each other and, and, and taking off his headband. This is not, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. No, 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 about yeah. it, doesn't it? Uh, Matt Lodge, uh, there was a messy exit from the Warriors. Look, I think there's more to this story. I think that we're going to see more about what's been going on with the New Zealand Warriors, but um, uh, I'll, I'll leave it there at the moment. But uh, this Matt Lodge story, it's not in isolation. There's been some dramas with this club, but uh, he's off to the Roosters. Look, I, I can see why the Roosters have purchased him. They need some starch if they're going to have any chance of making the eight. They do, don't they? They need some, some grunt up front. They've really lacked in that and, and their their backs have suffered accordingly. Um, yeah, he's a guy that's sort of had issues in and around um, his whole career, but I think if any club that can sort of bring him in line, uh, that that's uh, the Roosters can do that. So we'll see how he, he performs there. But they've, I think, paid $100,000 for the last six matches to get him across. Australian Formula One driver Daniel Ricciardo going to be a TV star. Well, mate, I've been saying this for a while. You could tell that Ricciardo's head now is not in the game of, of Formula One. He's doing a lot of stuff on social media. He's filming things here and there. Um, off the back of the huge success of the Netflix's show Drive to Survive, Ricciardo was the breakout star in that. He's now been approached by uh, streaming giant Hulu uh, to do a 30-minute um, show on F1. So they don't know what the, the title's called yet. But yeah, he's definitely going off in the direction the direction of uh, of the movies. I think uh, old Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I think he's already on about eighteen or twenty million, isn't he? There's, the money in yeah. that sport is just off the charts. Well, one one Red Bull driver won't be getting any of it. He's he's been sacked for a racial slur that was live streamed. Yeah, big mistake from Jury Vips, the twenty one year old Estonian, was overheard mm. using the N word, Tim, on yeah. uh, the live gaming stream Twitch. So he's been instantly sacked by Red Bull. Yeah, and understandably so. What about yep. the NBA? This is interesting. Um, they've gone wild for Australian Dyson Daniels' mum at the NBA <laughs> draft and uh, was the dress that she was wearing. Um, yeah, interesting. Mm. Dyson Daniels, he's always going to be a rock star, wasn't he? Um, he was the number eight draft pick and his mum wore a beautiful white dress and that's gone yeah. viral. You know, 
Dyson Daniels, mate, smooth as Tennessee whiskey. His mum is as sweet as strawberry wine, as they're saying over there at the moment. So they're very happy with that. Just to quote a line out of a song. Um, now, the the story today, the little yarn, the little trip down memory lane, it involves the great Stuart Clark. Tell me more. It does. We were, we were playing uh, a Shield game in Tasmania. The year before, uh, we used to have two minibuses that take us to and from the hotel in um, in Hobart. We'd go across the bridge there. Um, there were about seven or eight speeding fines um, from the previous year, uh, just due to the fact that the boys were probably racing to the ground with too many buses, being silly. And uh, the manager this this year appointed Stuart Clark as one of the drivers. I can't remember who the other driver was, but they were given the responsibility because they were supposed to be sensible. Um, mm. And they didn't want any more speeding fines this year. And we had to be careful driving to and from the ground. Um, well, Stuart Clark, the sensible chosen one, when he drove the minibus into the new hotel we're staying in, got the whole thing wedged. It was <laughs> the bus was too low, <laughs> oh, no. and we took the keys up to the manager's room and said, "He said, tell me you haven't got any more speeding fines, boys." And we said, "No, no speeding fines, but we can't get the bus out of the car park. It's wedged in there. <laughs> the wind, the windscreen smashed. <laughs> Here are the keys." He goes, "For fuck's sake." That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. And our brilliant producer, Dan McHugh, back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience podcast on your favorite podcast app.